successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation here on KMBZ 980 AM. Also appreciate you joining me today on iTunes via podcast and on our website at GrillNationShow.com. Well, uh, before we get to our guests, we're going to have a great guest today for the full hour. I want to talk to and, and present our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show. They are awesome people here in Kansas City and in the region, and they have great companies as well. The title sponsors of this show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, Kansas Area Development Council, the Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. Ryan Maybe is a guest host and honor contributor, and Brian Sarf with True Wealth & Company, a guest host and honor contributor. Thank you to all of our great partners and supporters. You can find out more information about them on GrillNationShow.com. You can also find all of our old shows, uh, and links to our guests, and all of our podcasts on the website as well. And all of my social media information, search for Jason Grill on social media or connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill. On today's show, we have on John Stevens. His Twitter handle is at RockHillStrat, S-T-R-A-T. Uh, he is the, uh, new, what is it? President and President CEO, CEO yeah. of the, of Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. John is a, uh, uh, civic and, uh, public affairs guru here in Kansas City. He's also been an executive and CEO at many area organizations, which we'll get into on the show. And we met years ago when he was, uh, over at Cordish when that thing took off the, uh, power and light district. So yeah. it's great to have you on the show finally. Glad to be here. It's been Jason. a long yeah. time. I, it I, has. I've done about, I think, um, this is like show 180 or so with Grill Nation. We did about 150 shows with Entrepreneur KC. I never yeah. had you on. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. And, we, and I think we've talked about it 150 times at different part, <laughs> different places around town at Thalmaeus and all these, you know, all these different places. And, uh, yeah. and I'm glad to be on. So you grew up here in town, correct? I did. Grew up in South Kansas City, Hickman Mills grad. Uh, grew up in KCMO on the very south side, uh, off of Raytown Road. And, um, and went uh, to Mizzou. Went to Mizzou. That's had one a, thing we have in common. I think I think we actually might have met on a Mizzou trip. I, I think you're right. I think one, we did. one of the early ones, one of the early yeah. road trips. Yeah. Can't remember which one it was, but uh that's when we were uh killing people back in the exactly. day. Winning winning uh, North, Big Twelve North we, Championships. We, when we were hitting those. So yeah, I, I went to Mizzou, uh yeah, journalism history, poli sci. Uh probably on more of a, a track that you were on uh early in your career. Uh mm-hmm. was gonna head to law school and um Smart decision. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hear that. I only hear that from attorneys. Yeah, right. Uh, they're, they're like, smart decision. No, you didn't I'm do kidding. that. But, uh, but you, you, you went to Mizzou and you thought, you know, I, get a journalism degree, maybe go to law school. The journalism degree was, you know, that was going to be the basis, right? It was, it was about, uh, you know, being able to, to take in immense amounts of knowledge, distill information, really learn it, learn it quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you that, that, that background at Mizzou and, and just the overall educational experience at Mizzou prepared me for uh, being able to jump in and, and, I, and I've heard, I've, I've had other, other executives tell me that I parachute 
mm-hmm. into organizations sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it sort of has prepared me mm-hmm. to be able to come in and in the course of days or weeks, really pull in and look at what matters, create a task list, create a management plan, uh, bring a team together, really develop this team, activate them, and then roll. So you, um, you did journalism and political science. Yeah. So yeah. You, th- you thought maybe about running for office or were you just... Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you did? Okay. I, I did. Uh, you know, I had the idea... Another smart was, move. You didn't do that Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, had the, uh, I, I had the long-term plan starting in about seventh grade of, of uh, undergrad, law school, then head to D.C., yeah. do all the right internships, do all of that. Uh, was lucky enough in, in high school and college, you know, dabbled with the volunteerism with different state political candidates and... Mm-hmm. Uh, local local candidates and uh, it, it was an amazing experience and it, and it serves you well those okay. sort of understanding how the system works mm-hmm. both at a local state and, and national level i can say that uh maybe you don't fit a job resume when you're a state legislator for down the road you're not your typical right. agency right. you know how many years do you have but yeah. as far as juggling a lot of balls yeah. i mean you're always constantly dealing with people and Absolutely. issues and so i think as far as government goes, that's always a plus. Uh, plus, you're drinking from a fire hose, and you're able to deal with crisis. Exactly. Uh, you, you know, you know how to deal with crisis, and and actually, I think most people that gravitate towards that, uh, those sort of careers thrive a little bit on it. So you started kind of in the, uh, uh, you know, agency world. Is that right? Or? I did. Yeah. My my my. Well, my you worked first full time job. Yeah, yeah. My first full time job was when I deferred law school. I, I stayed at the university. I, I thrived on on that. I wanted to, to continue. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you know, when you have the four hundred and fifty dollar a month apartment, you know, and, and life is pretty I, I good. I was just down right? in Columbia recently. It's amazing now. You know, oh, they got it, all, the, they got all the bad press years ago. But oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, so much development. The oh, bookstore it, is insane. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I lived over. I lived over by Stevens College in this this two bedroom place. Still had shag carpeting, <laughs> but you know what? You paid four hundred and fifty dollars a month. You could walk to campus. You could walk to downtown. It was a pretty good life for a couple of years, yeah, and uh, so yeah, I worked for the alumni association. Uh, got to travel around, did international trips with alumni. Wow! Uh, did national trips. Really, uh, the most amazing part of that was uh, they divided all of us up, all of the different um, alumni coordinators, into different regions of the nation, the world, and the state. So I had the north central Missouri area for a while, and so there, it was amazing the love and the passion that these, you know, these small towns had for their, for their school, oh, yeah. for the state university. And so I'd go up and host, you know, speak at a steak fry or speak at, you know, it, <laughs> so it was, it was a, wonderful. You, like you're political. You could have, that's kind of like being a politician. It was. And, so you kind of got your fill of the uh, speaking and the yeah, networking and the absolutely. representing. And really learning the outstate, the outstate areas, which, yeah. you know, now. You kind it, of forget about. You sort of forget about it. And, and now we've sort of reached this, this position in, in Missouri, I think, like a lot of states where, Many people perceive it as the urban areas versus the rural areas, and there's this great divide. And and there is some of that, but mm-hmm. I, I think a, a real key there is get out into, you know, I think people in Kansas City do need to get out to these small towns, and, and they'll discover that there's a lot more there than they ever thought there was. There really is, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the state that you, places that are pretty amazing yeah. in Missouri that, you know, people probably have never even heard of or been to. Exactly. And when you yeah. travel, you get to notice that. John Stevens is with me today. Uh, John, we're going to uh, take a break here in about a minute. But you, you kind of did the agency thing, and then you kind of uh, were started at Cordish. 
Yeah, yeah. So agency was pretty typical, right? You did a lot of marketing, pretty, a lot of branding. Pretty typical agency. Uh, but then I moved. Uh, we we spun off a company at Barclay mm-hmm. uh, called Three Wide Marketing, and, and it was really one of the first true motorsports sports marketing licensing companies. Mm. Uh, so we did mobile marketing back when mobile meant on wheels, not on your phone. Okay, you know. And uh, we did a lot of licensing partnerships. I worked with uh, uh, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA. Uh, a lot of these these things, and, and what I found honestly was I loved the marketing and branding and advertising side of it, and the PR side. But what I loved almost as much was the deal making. Oh yeah, and putting those things together, and that then catapulted me into working with national restaurateurs, national hotels, big real estate developments. Then got connected to David Cordish, and next thing I know, I'm director of marketing communications for Cordish. Six months later, he flies in and says. Uh, this power and light district thing is coming out of the ground. We really need somebody here locally to run it. Uh, and uh, over dinner, uh, I became president of the power and light district. And, <laughs> well, look at uh, that. Look and, at that. I want to get and, into that more yeah. after the break. John Stevens is with us. Uh, you've taken a lot of uh, executive and CEO roles. I'm going to talk about that. And then also we'll talk about what you're doing now at Port KC. You're listening to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM KMC. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM KMBZ. I appreciate you joining us today. And also, if you're listening on iTunes and podcast, uh, we appreciate that as well. I'm your host, Jason Grill, and our guest today is John Stevens, who's uh, president and CEO of Port KC. The website is portkc.com. We're going to get to that here in just a second. John, you, uh, we kind of went through some of your background, but you uh, obviously uh, took on executive roles at Cordish when that kind of era, Power and Light District, when mm-hmm. that um, kind of sprung up. You've worked in uh, Visit KC. You kind of been involved with development and um, tourism, yeah, uh, throughout yeah. your career, and that's pretty cool. So you, so you served as the president and CO two of Visit KC after Cordish uh, Power and Light District. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me how that kind of worked for you because sure. I think it's interesting for those listening who are a business owner or who are civic minded. Um, how did that transition start? Because you were basically a director of marketing, right? And then you took on that president's role. Next thing you know, you're president of the, of Visit KC. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it was a big, it, it, it was a big leap, but it actually felt natural at the time. We were, we were in the throes of building what at the time was one of the largest urban redevelopment districts in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the marketing communications PR world at that organ, you know, at Cordish. That was really what it was all about. You had the construction teams, and they were very capable to actually build the buildings. Mm-hmm. But how were they going to be signed? What what were the tenants coming in? How are you going to grand open the tenants? How yeah. are you going to market it? What's the positioning of the entire district? So, and this was in two thousand nine, two thousand two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and we uh, always forget that was like right after the recession. It, I mean, it was it was coming right into actually, it. Yeah. It was coming right into it. We. So we opened, uh, you know, the, the mantra stood on, stood on the live stage with jackhammer still going around me and, uh, promised that we would have 12 restaurants open by the Big 12 tournament. I remember that. Uh, so it was 12 by 12. We ended up having 14 open and it was a huge hit, but the other seven blocks were still a massive construction zone, but it, it came along and then we started changing the narrative of, well, yes, this is an entertainment district, but what I kept telling everybody, 
was Kansas City. People forget 10, 15 years ago, all you had at five o'clock was taillights headed south on I-35. You right. had haunted houses and more I mean, it, was, it was gone, right? Yeah. Everyone left at five. You could shoot a cannon down grand and not hit anyone. Mm-hmm. People and forget that. They, they, well, it's changed when everyone, so when much. everyone bashes downtown uh, yeah. development. Exactly. They, they don't remember what it was like in 2007. They, they really need to go back and look at the photos. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, of what it was. And so my, my goal was first and foremost, we have to change the perceptions of downtown and to, and and there were a lot of other players. I mean, downtown council was growing. Mm -hmm. All these other organizations were really starting to really make big moves. So Cordish was not alone in any of this, the sprint center and AEG. I mean, all of this was bubbling up all simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you the biggest credit goes to Mayor Kay Barnes. Kay created, she laid the groundwork for all of it through the Sasaki plans and through really building coalitions and building this, this network to bring all this to bear. Mm -hmm. And, but our, our our real philosophy that we laid out was at five o'clock on, on especially Fridays and Saturdays, we want to see headlights coming North on on I I 35 coming in to to come downtown to spend money. And we were successful, but part of the five year plan of that was, and and I said it and people did not believe, you know, in 2008, people did not believe you 2008, 2009, when I said, well, eventually this will become a neighborhood just like any other, and it will still be a core of convention goers and you know weekend entertainment. That's the core of it. But ultimately, this will spur a, a central business district neighborhood. And we were able to open the Cosentino's grocery store, and now you're seeing that maturation, both with one light, two light, the getting ready to break ground three light, but also all of the other oh, gosh. residential that's that's gone in around it, thousands of units now. Nobody in 2008, if I had said, you'll see people with strollers and people walking their dogs and people jogging on Main Street, I, I would have gotten laughed out of a room. Oh, yeah. And I lived downtown for three plus years in one night and a second resident. And uh, you'd be shocked at how many things go on that you have no idea. Even if you, yeah. you're as you know, seasoned as you are. I mean, on a Saturday, you have uh, kids cheerleading competition at Municipal. Yeah. You have tourism. You have events. You have tons of conventions down there. Then you have a concert. You go from uh, Kid Rock one night to, uh, you know, I don't know, Kanye. I mean, it's crazy the different amount of people that kind of come through downtown now. Uh, And then people that live there. I mean, I had a dog. I mean, there's so many dog people. and It's just really cool to see. Well, we've always, you know, there's an economic development philosophy called the three-legged stool. Mm -hmm. And to really be a true downtown, to be the downtown that is the center axis that helps support the entire region, you have to have all three legs and that's residential office and tourism. Mm -hmm. And we really struggled with all three of those at varying times over the last 50 years. Still kind of struggle with office, don't we? We do. Uh, That's what I I have Tim Cowden on and others. And one of the reasons he, he says is because we, uh, in order to build a building, usually you need a tenant, right? In Kansas city to get any kind of incentive or, 50% 50% or whatever. And so other cities are building downtown right. off class A office um, before they have tenants and people yeah. are filling them because yeah. everyone wants to live in those places. And so if we could just get one of our big companies to move downtown, that'd be amazing. I think yeah. that's kind of one thing that we need to continue to figure we, out. We, we do need to confi- continue to figure that out. And, it, and it's not an us versus them. It's not suburb versus urban, but we, we do really need more commitment from, growing corporations, growing businesses, and, and, and just, uh, 
the smaller businesses that are thriving, looking at purpose-built, class A office space, multi-tenancy kind of mm-hmm. office space. I do think... We are having some more than our, you know, the last few years have been good. I'm seeing a ton more businesses downtown, there and has. especially in the crossroads. There's yeah. so many down there. And, and they're filling in a lot of those sort of what would be called class B, class C kind of kind yeah. of areas, and then improving them. And, and that's been great. Well, the good news is the demand is starting to outstrip the supply for all of those sort of mm-hmm. buildings. You know, you have the Corrigan stations of the world that have done a great job. Oh, amazing. Hugely popular. there is amazing. Yeah, you know, those things have, have really changed the narrative. So I, I am cautiously optimistic that in the next few months you will hear about uh, a probably one of the first large Class A office buildings Love it. coming into the marketplace because I do think, and it won't be – I don't think you'll see a big headquarters come into it, but I right. think you will see two or three large users committing to that that plus 50% threshold, which is the trigger yeah. to get those kind of projects. As people forget, a project like that, you know, you're talking at, at the low end, upper 90s to $100 million, and, and really upwards of 200 to $300 million to build something like that. Just, just, just think about this, though. Think about if many of our friends that are – um, at big companies that started big companies. Just imagine, if you will, if if, if one of those had located 20,000 jobs downtown. Oh. Sprint, Cerner, you name your you know, your big company in Kansas City. Hallmark's it, down there, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, that, it, w- that would have been crazy back then it, and, and revolutionary. Yeah, no, it, it would have changed everything. For I've, residential and for yeah. people. I mean, you'd see people walking around here. No, I, I mean, I've painted, you know, I, I've painted visions for people in, in urban planning when we when we have these conversations. If you had if you had had maybe a major telecom headquarters on the east side of downtown, and then you had a major healthcare headquarters over on the west side of downtown, and then maybe a major film theatrical provider or something taking this amazing new artistic space in the West Bottoms, I, I think right now if if something like that were to have happened, uh, or even one of those were to have happened, we're already when in 2008 we had 5,000 residents in downtown. Mm-hmm. We're, we're I think we're at about. 30,000 and growing now. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It's It's growing like crazy. We would be at 60 to a hundred thousand downtown residents. And we would still be having the same, the same discussions about affordability and these other issues, but we would be in a much larger, greater downtown growth period than maybe we're in right now. Mm -hmm. But I will say, uh, and we, you know, we talk about comp sets. We've, we've caught up or are catching up, to a lot of our peer, you know, a lot of our peer cities. And over the last decade, we've done a very good job. We have a long ways to go, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we do. John Stevens is with us. John, a couple minutes left in the segment. You uh, worked in tourism for quite a while. I did. Visit KC. Yeah. You've, you've been, um, you know, in different spots, uh, different executive roles. Uh, a lot of hotels yeah. going into downtown. Crossroads Hotel just opened. Great, great, great venue. Uh, we've got many, many more Talk to us about why that's important. Um, sure. I know that you are very passionate about the convention hotel going in and uh, tourism and big conferences and all yeah. kinds of different options, boutique hotel, large hotels, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, pe- people forget that, that not only is tourism an economic development driver, but it's also a corporate location driver. Mm-hmm. Large, biz- large, you know, large conferences, corporations, those things, those have long-term effects on where businesses locate. It also um, affects flights, direct flights to the airport, a lot of these other things that then benefit business and business growth and business retention. So I, I view tourism not as the not as the you know the fluffy side of Kansas City, but as the as really as an economic engine. 
And I've been lucky. People enough. forget about business tourism. People forget about business tourism. They just think and, it's and somebody it coming here to go to Worlds of Fun or a Chiefs right. game. It's conferences. It's it's meetings. It's more flights. It, it's so a- many things. Absolutely. And it's also we we talk a lot about the you know the innovation districts and and about why people want to be in the crossroads. Well, if you took the tourist dollars out of most of the restaurants and and coffee shops and shops in the crossroads, they would not. There would be probably fifty percent fewer of those. Mm-hmm. because a lot of the dollars spent are tourist dollars, both business tourism, convention tourism, and leisure tourism. So they're actually subsidizing a large percentage of the entertainment and business community that then is a huge benefit mm. to the tech community, to the innovation community. You know, you, you want collision density, right? You hear that all the time. And we're, we're getting we're there. Getting there yeah. We're getting there. Uh, but if we didn't have the tourism dollar, we wouldn't have nearly as many, and and I would challenge you next time. Next time you have a, 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 a restaurant or coffee shop entrepreneur or you know someone like that on, ask them about the tourist dollar and how that supports and really underwrites a lot of what they do in the community. Definitely for sure. John Stevens is with us. He's president and CEO of Port KC. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about Port KC. John is new into the job, and I want to talk to him about the future of the uh, the riverfront here in downtown Kansas City. You're listening to Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. To the Grill Nation show. Appreciate you joining us today on whether you're on KMBZ 980 AM or on iTunes via podcast or on our website at grillnationshow.com. Uh, again, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Fascinating conversation today with John Stevens, who's the president and CEO of Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. Port KC's mission is to grow the economy of KC's Port District through transportation, global commerce, and development. The organization's vision is to be the premier port providing efficient, effective, and innovative transportation and development solutions to complete nationally and globally. John started uh, very recently. Was it October? Beginning of October, maybe? Yeah, this is this is my fourth week. Okay, good. Okay, so <laughs> tell us about this journey. We skipped sure. a few other CEO positions that you held, such as, and I'll mention those, uh, such as, uh, you know, um, uh, what am I talking about here? Oh, yeah, uh, the Kansas City, uh, uni- Unified Government of Kansas City, Kansas, and Wyandotte County. Mm-hmm. You led their economic development. You also started your own businesses along the way, and uh, you've now ended up at Port KC. Yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah. So tell us about Port KC and what you're up to. Yeah. Over there. Well, what what led me to Port KC was, um, you know, I, I joined the Unified Government KCK, and I'll tell you. I just have to take a few seconds and say that KCK is such a gem in Kansas City, particularly uh, with David Alvey, Mayor Alvey, really looking at the strong towns model of reclaiming your your urban neighborhoods and your downtown and Strawberry Hill. Mm-hmm. And I, I will tell everyone, if, if you haven't checked out like 6th Street and Strawberry Hill and some of these little places overlooking downtown KCMO, get over there because yeah. – you're going to miss out and it's going to be this exploding hot new neighborhood because it's already right there. I've been hearing about so it. So get, get over there because they're, they're doing a lot of amazing things. And I was lucky enough over two years to play a role in bringing uh, the first downtown grocery store. We're bringing the Merck from Lawrence, which mm-hmm. is a cooperative grocery store to downtown that'll open next year. Uh, and, and moving a lot of things in place with multimodal transit. 
which connects across the river into the West Bottoms and down into the riverfront, which when, uh, when, when I uh, decided to join Port KC, uh, I, I looked at, at And Port we've had KC. them on the radio show before. I've, okay. I've had the former CEO and president oh, on, and I've had Michael, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marissa uh, yeah. on yeah. the show before Marissa, as well. Yeah, Marissa Cleaver. Yeah, Marissa Excellent. Cleaver, yeah. yeah. So we've done a little bit on this, but this was way yeah. back when. This is before the uh, John Stevens era kicked off. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 three weeks of the John I, this Stevens. This is when I era. still dreamed about a downtown baseball stadium on the riverfront, well, or sporting KC Park over there. Now, now it's now it's a lot of a uh, mixed use, right? That, that's not in our current strategic plan. <laughs> However, uh, I, you know, I will say that the 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 breadth of how Port KC can support the community and can grow the community is, is what drew me to the organization. Mm-hmm. It has a great team, a great team of incredible professionals. Uh, that obviously the, the most visible piece of it is the Berkeley Riverfront Park. We've developed Berkeley Riverfront from the Isle of Capri and, and, I, and the Bond Bridge over to the town of Kansas Bridge that connects to the River Market, the pedestrian mm-hmm. access points, and everything in between. Uh, we have the ability to develop uh, you know, several million square feet uh, there, and we're actively working on that. And, and the goal is really to kick that in in the next a uh, couple of years really into overdrive and move to a it, 2.0 model of innovation. It's down like there. the, the one thing that hasn't really been effectively utilized. I don't think in our city compared no, to other cities. No, it hasn't, you know, and we've, we've quietly, quietly put things into place. It's, it's highly used on the weekends now, nice days. It's oh, a running gosh. route. It's yeah, yeah. I've you know, seen hugely popular in the park all the time. And then Leib and, and his partners have built Barquet. Yeah. They're a, you know, partner tenant of ours down there. That place Very is successful. just amazing. Uh, then the union, 410 uh, apartments. Wow. Uh, so that those are all now online uh, with the infrastructure. We're actually moving our offices down there in December of this year. Mm. So we'll be on the riverfront. And it's it's just the start of that. We're, we're in the discussions and working on how we can fast track bringing the streetcar through the riverfront, which is mm-hmm. yet another huge necessary connect, connective tissue mm-hmm. uh, to development down there. And the idea is for that to continue to mature, to really, uh, we've turned our backs on the river for decades oh, for and sure. decades yeah. and decades. And and now we have an opportunity. We have, we have a buildable sites connected to Columbus Park, connected to downtown, and the other thing that people forget, connected to the Northland. And those are all going to be incredibly important. So we are turning our, our, we're turning around and facing the river again and using that as, as a, as a valuable, you know, a valuable development tool and you'll see, I think, more apartments, hotels, office, a lot of things that are supportive and, and view it, particularly as we look at how we address the North Loop and connect the river market more effectively Gosh. to the central business district. That's the riverfront's happen. all going to connect to it, and it becomes, it is downtown, right? It's not a separate area. It's it's downtown. It's just the highways. They separate us there. Just the highways, and we'll get there. We'll I get hope there. so. We, we've been talking for years about um, like what Denver has, right, with the park yeah. over the highway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's absolutely. another thing that, I mean, just makes so much sense to connect the crossroads to, to financial downtown. Yeah, uh, decking, decking the South, uh, OJB, a, a company, there is an urban planning company. They did, they did the Dallas project. They've looked, they've done other projects around the world. Uh, we have the plan. The plan is in place to, to, uh, deck the South Loop and connect the crossroads to like the, a, with the, an overground park and with, with an over, overground park. That's and so then cool. On the north side. It's all about mitigating the the highway. So you take the north loop and you narrow it, you eliminate the exits, 
you make the bridges wider, you do pedestrian thoroughfares through, and you just make it a natural walkable connectivity to the river market, which the river market is thriving and so is downtown. So why not connect them? And then what people forget then is you, we have to look East and we have some, you're seeing that at 18th street. Well, the East bottoms, you're seeing it at 18th street, continuing the East crossroads movement to connect Mm -hmm. 18th and vine with the East crossroads. That will happen. Yeah. Uh, I think the big one for the north side and for the river market is to build transit-oriented development down Independence Avenue. And really, people that haven't spent time on Independence Avenue, it is an amazing, amazing area. It's a melting pot. I mean, truly one of our only true legitimate international neighborhoods with dozens of cultures all living and working together and great little shops. And we need to do more to connect to the east side because then that – really helps support job development and I mean, workforce just, development. Your, your mind just explodes if you think about yeah. um, development in those areas of how big and it how does. much more space you have and how much more development you could have and, and people in well, downtown. Well, yeah, absolutely, Jason. One of the things, you know, a lot of – one of the hot topics in the upcoming mayoral election has been affordability of, of housing, mm-hmm. right? Well, there, there are two key factors in that is from my estimation. One is we have to stop saying, well, affordable housing needs to go on this block, you know, right in the middle of, of this neighborhood or right in the middle of the crossroads. Yes, there are sometimes you can do percentages and various things of, 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 of fixed, fixed rent rates and things that I think are better play if we're going to really absorb the 20-some thousand new net new migration that's coming into the metro every year and give true, legitimate, high-quality living options to everyone is we have to look at connecting new apartment buildings and new housing along high-efficiency transit corridors where, yeah, you might, if, if you can afford this amount, you might live eight blocks out of the loop, but you know what? You're one stop away on a max line. Mm-hmm. And it's still, you're still in a vibrant neighborhood with great restaurants and all of these things. We have to think bigger yeah. and grow and connect. Mm-hmm. It's about growing and connecting. That's going to keep the affordability Uh, aspect. It's going to keep it more affordable. And then we have to look to the east side. And uh, I'm probably not going to win any friends at City Hall on saying this, but we have to stop demolishing houses on the east side and start investing in rehabbing. Oh, yeah. You're not going to lose any friends. That's that's smarter. That's smarter. The private sector can help do that. And it's very cheap. And and it's It's much cheaper than building new. It's it's what we, we did in KCK of redirecting those dollars and we had private, you know, we, we, we will be, we will have done a hundred home rehabs with private sector qualified rehabbers in the downtown core, a hundred of them where you basically give them the house, they put their own private equity into yeah. it and then they, they flip it or sell it or rent it. And you can do it for so much less trying to build a new house. Even a basic house is $200,000. Well, there are a lot of people that cannot afford a $200,000 mortgage. And you just can't build a house for cheaper than that. Fifty thousand right or less is kind of what fifty thousand um, or less is. Yeah. What, and you, the Section Eight stuff's even more difficult. With I mean, exactly, there's not many people that can do it. That can build. No, it, it's and, a, it's a difficult thing. Homes. So uh, that's why we have to break the model. I, I mean, yeah. you know, one one of the reasons that I, I've loved being working in government uh, with KCK and and now with Port KC, which is a little bit different. You know, we're kind of separate, but um, instead of just staying as an entrepreneur and staying with <laughs> with my own consulting firm and all of that was sometimes bringing this innovative and, and, and a little bit of entrepreneurship into all of these 
and break some of those, yeah, we need those. break some of those eggs, right? And and make something new is what we all need. Mm-hmm. And I found when you do it the right way, the all the other departments, other communities, other government, other other people will will work with you and will rally around you if you come in with the right approach. And because people want innovation, they know that the model's broken in many ways in, mm-hmm. in economic development. So let's find a new way to do it. I love it. John Stevens is with us, president and CEO of Port KC. John, I got to mention before we go to break, we both do the Ruckus show together with Mike Shannon. He's oh, been a well, great guest on this show and has some amazing stories from uh, his time in uh, in journalism. Um, that's a fun show to do, isn't it? It really is. You know, I, I, I still got to get that Christmas party planned. I know we got to get the Christmas party <laughs> planned. Uh, it, it's been a great group, great group of guests, great group of topics, and and I, it's it's fun to keep that that going and that tradition alive because it. it it's something that I, I think more people should watch because they, they really, it really is a, a great job. Not, not just when you or I well, are Well, I'll on, tell you what, our ratings are high. As ratings Donald are Trump high. would say, we have very, high, we have the best ratings there is. And, no. and no fake news. No <laughs> fake news. We are. Uh, actually, we were, uh, I think top rated on the, on the, on the network. We were. It's between us and we can review every yeah, week. Yeah. It's good stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's great to have it. You can check that out. Uh, KCBT, uh, John again is a panelist, uh, as well. Um, after the break, John, I want to talk about uh, some other issues going on here in Kansas City and talk about some of our peer cities and how we compare to them, if you will. Uh, you're listening to the Grill Nation show. My guest today is John Stevens from Port KC. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for joining us today on KMBZ 980 AM. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Appreciate you joining us again on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast each and every week. You can uh, find all of our guests and all information about our shows at grillnationshow.com. John Stevens has been my guest today from Port KC. He's uh, the president and CEO. Website is portkc.com. John, I wanted to talk about um, some of our peer cities, if you will, how Kansas City kind of relates. What are some of the cities that we kind of look at and compare ourselves to, I guess, as far as cities that are kind of in that same, maybe a little bit better or maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit worse on where they're at as far as growth and economic development? You know, really, because I never can figure that out. Who are yeah. we, who are we comparing ourselves yeah, to? Because Denver's past us now. It, Den, Denver's past us. They're 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 well over three million population, yeah. and they, they've passed us. They were one of our benchmark cities mm-hmm. for a number of years. We still consider them a benchmark city in many ways. Uh, our our real peer cities are um, Indy, you know, Indianapolis, Cleveland. I think Cincinnati, uh, Nashville, Austin. You know, in Austin, Louisville in there. We're a little bit past Louisville. Yeah, I, I wouldn't oh, the necessarily. Mayor would, the mayor would say that to the mayor of Louisville. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I, I really think it's it's probably those. It's it's the Ohio cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Indianapolis. It's Nashville. Are those the people we're competing with for these conventions as well? Th- those are the people we're competing against. You know, you could add in Louisville with with some of the ag ag and ag tech kind They're of They're really pushing stuff, that but, bourbon tourism too. Yeah, and then Austin. You know, Austin is still smaller than us, um, yeah. but they've grown so fast that uh their downtown is you know but from when we're looking at some of the some of the key indicators uh Austin is still one that that I think we should look towards and they are a midwestern city and or you know central city 
Uh, so we, we look at them. Indy's great in youth sports. They're great in, in developing their downtowns and their civic infrastructure and how they airport. work together, their airport. They have, um, you know, they, they pulled together all of their counties and their municipalities years ago for collective arts tax, for collective tourism, all of these things that helped push them forward dramatically. They were far behind us, and, and they've really – uh, in many ways, moved ahead of us, and now we're playing catch up a little bit with them. Mm-hmm. Um, how many people are coming to Kansas City region every year? Do you think? You know the 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 study numbers, and there's you know people chuckle, but it it really legitimately is about twenty five, twenty two million, uh, twenty two thousand, twenty two thousand people a year coming to Kansas City migrating. No, no. Oh, oh, new growth. New growth. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I thought you were about tourism. Yeah. Uh, no, there it's a, it's around twenty one. About 21,000 net new migration mm-hmm. into Kansas City annually, which is a good clip. Uh, but uh, other communities are, are doing it much faster. Uh, but with that comes challenges, right? Yeah. And talk about the tourism, too. Tell me yeah, that yeah, the tourism. I'm not going to chuckle. I'm going to start using it no, in all my no, conversations. No. People, when people, I'm getting beat up on ruckus, I'm going to say, yeah. you know, 25 million people come to people, Kansas City every year. People chuckle, but uh, those are not distinct individual visitors, but those are people coming from a certain distance away into Kansas City. Now, those may be people that live in Topeka that weekend here or come here for Chiefs games or come here for Royals games. But you know what? They're still spending net new dollars in the community. So we can joke about that all we want. You know, I've, I've heard in, in, the, in certain, certain realms, certain, certain people kind of make fun of that. And I think we probably need to look at it two ways of who are the the more than two day, more than three day, like those real mm-hmm. visitors and how, how many are doing day trips or, or, or trips, but generally they all spend money. They spend a lot of money. And, uh, last time I checked, I want to say, uh, for every dollar that visit KC spends on marketing Kansas city, they return $47 to the coffers. So pretty good net net Dang, return on investment. Good, yeah. And we need to continue to double down on that. John, one of the things you said off air was that Kansas City needs to remember to, uh, if we're setting a mile record, we have to still finish the marathon. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that quote and, and yeah. why you believe in that. And, and let's talk about why that's important with continuing sure. on in the future and what things are important. Sure. So, uh, yeah, we opened with, I grew up in South Kansas City, KCMO, but South Kansas City. And my father worked downtown, worked at 811 Grand, then moved up to what's now the Cerner headquarters while they were building the town pavilion and then occupied the town pavilion as, as an AT&T executive. And um, I grew up going to the city and watching when it had 250 plus thousand downtown office workers, but it had zero people living down there mm-hmm. and uh, not nearly the tourism quality and, and, and uh, density that we have now. And uh, what, where we need to go with this is we really have to, uh, not stop. Um, so I watched, you know, you, you look back on the seventies and you look back at, we built two stadiums and an airport and we invested, we did these amazing, amazing things. And then we basically took 25 years off. We took a 25 year vacation. We didn't invest in our communities at all, really for any big, big things. And now we're in the midst of another resurgence. We've built the Kauffman center. We've expanded the Nelson Atkins. We've invested heavily in UMKC, the most, you know, the most investment that UMKC has seen in, in two generations. We've done a lot of great things, but we have a lot more that we have to finish. So we have to finish what we've started. Mm -hmm. We have to expand the streetcar and fulfill the promises that, that uh, we've made 
to to the citizens. We have to break ground and finish this airport on time and on budget and do it the right way. Those things are important. However, um, we then have to start. We have to continue to look at what the next five to ten things are. And are people doing that? You're 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 an executive now. You've been one for years. There are people doing it, but we have to reach a consensus. We need uh, we need more people in our civic leadership. And there are a lot of great leaders in our civic leadership, but we need CEOs, civic organization leaders, and the community and elected officials to really work together and the say, next five to 10 things. Here's our next five to 10 things. And they don't all have to be billion dollar projects, but there has to be a direction. Mm-hmm. And what are those things? And once we settle on them, we have to continue to build them. Is it is it continuing to strengthen healthcare? Is it this? Is it this? There are so many different things, but we have to settle on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a, a thing in there for a downtown baseball stadium in the next 20 years. All right. All right. <laughs> well, it, it, uh, that's, that's, that's to me that, that is, that is going to happen at some point, but I'm putting that in there. I know that's not healthcare. It's not, uh, you know, affordable housing. It's not East side development, but whoever the next mayor is, somebody will announce that. I think maybe in eight years, and then the, the, the mayor after that will get to do the ribbon cutting. It, 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 it is a <laughs> catalyst for development. Someone our next mayor will be able to cut a lot of ribbons that Mayor James is, is going to, that he spearheaded. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it is something we will have to have that conversation as a community. And, I mean, I personally, as an individual, as a baseball lover, as a lifelong Royals fan, I want I want to stand there and cheer the Royals on with the skyline right there. Yeah. I do. Um, I think it would be fantastic. And I, I I could make an economic case for it. Wherever it goes, it's a conversation that's going to have to be had really starting in the next three to five years. Yeah, because you're going to have more downtown development. Yep. And so uh, that'll be really fun. John Stevens has been our guest. we got about a minute left, John. Uh, you mentioned Streetcar Airport, Convention Center Hotel, uh, Port KC, obviously all the things you're going to be doing, a lot of things that need to continue to roll here. Um, getting the streetcar extended to the river. Uh, yeah. Quick update on that. Is that progressing at all i know it's yeah we're 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 moving forward with a lot of the the pre-design and engineering on that we're working on the financial models for it and uh really knock on wood I, we're really hopeful that we will see that much sooner rather than later uh, a couple key pieces fall into place and i think you'll see that happen soon and then our friend Ryan maybe wants to take it to the East Bottoms one day. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I would be <laughs> like happy to, to see I'd be happy to see a Rieger stop. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? John Stevens, uh, congrats on all your success and all that you do to help Kansas City grow. Uh appreciate you coming on the Grill Nation show today. Again, John is the CEO and president of Port KC. The website is portkc.com. Also always on Twitter, sharing really cool nuggets and uh data and information at rock hill strat that's rock hill s-t-r-a-t thanks for coming on the show today thanks jason glad to be here it's great to have you uh thanks for joining us today on grill nation we'll see you again next week and take care and have a good one